Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about four questions that uh, are really important for new exercisers. The last essential questions. Yes, indeed. Do you want to just bang them out? Yeah, how often do I need a rest day? How do I stay motivated? What's the third one here? How do I measure my progress? And Is there what anything else? else I should do to take care of my health aside That's from right. exercise? Is there anything else I should do outside of exercise? Someone, I think this is going to be good. Someone cue the intro. Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. How often do I need a rest day? This is an interesting question. I like it. What's the answer? It depends, of course. (laughs) (laughs) These questions. Well, how hard are you working is the real question. Like, do you innately need rest days and what does that what actually creates a rest day does that mean that you're not doing anything like are you netflix netflix and chill At is least a rest six day. hours of netflix is a rest day appropriately right right, 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 right. yeah mm-hmm. so i think the way you define a rest day is super important a rest day is oftentimes it's going to be looked at as days where you're not actually implying a stimulus that's so challenging to deal with that your body would need to recover from that and mm-hmm. in a, set, a separate time when you look at things like cardiovascular training if you're doing 25 minutes of cardio at like 60 to 70 percent heart rate you don't need recovery from that that is a rest day that is recovery in itself so like how often do i need a rest day it's going to depend how hard you're working what do you think are some signs that somebody might need to take a rest day some good signs that's a good question actually i don't know how about when your sleep goes to crap Okay, so listen, I'll run you through my day yesterday. Yesterday, I did an hour and a half workout, a really hard workout. I took my kids skiing for just over an hour and a half. Yeah. And then after that, I went to a jujitsu class. So I had in the neighborhood of three and a half hours of movement yesterday, targeted movement. Last night, I usually sleep like a champ. Last night, I woke up about five times, just random, woke up, fell right back asleep, but I'm having these periods of wakefulness. Mm. That tells me I should probably not do too much today. That's interesting, yeah. I wouldn't actually attribute like a deteriorating sleep into requiring a rest day. For me, a sign was uh, like abnormal or excessive joint pain. I was getting that when we were in LA and we were like working out like two we're, days. We were weightlifting in the gym in the morning, then going to uh, do Marcus. calisthenics at the pier all day. Yeah. And uh, my elbows and shoulders were just screaming at me from like yeah. monkey bars to jumping. What were we doing? Like jumping chin ups and flying across bars and then doing snatches and cleans and jerks like throughout the day. And like, yeah, my elbows and shoulders are just cooked like every day we went. Yeah. And see, for me, that's kind of that's on the same sort of level when your sleep starts deteriorating it's often a sign that you need to um, recover a little bit better Um, when your digestion starts deteriorating it's often a good sign that you need to back off or recover and then when your um, physical um, sensations like muscular pain or joint pain start getting to be what i would call undue so like not i worked out yesterday but like i'm having a hard time getting around yeah it's like okay so i probably shouldn't target those muscles today with anything outside of just low level cardio yeah excessive um, soreness that lasts more than three days yeah um 
Digest- kind of the canaries in the coal mine. Digestion's a hard one though, because everyone I talk to has digestive problems right now. Everyone's like IBS or gluten or dairy or lactose, like whatever the case may be. So I feel like that's a really hard one to just pinpoint on your your stressor, exerciser. Yeah, that that is hard to pinpoint. But when you start seeing like notable changes, mm-hmm. for me, I eat pretty boring. Like I don't really have gluten or dairy or what any, whatever. And um, because of that, I'm pretty normal. Like for me, I know exactly what to expect in a day, you know? Yeah. And if it's outside of that, I know. Mm-hmm. So for the average person, when they start looking at like their digestion and stuff, it's like, well, is this pretty normal for me or is this a little bit further down the line? Yeah. And, and when things are notably changing, that's a really good sign that something needs to be adjusted. That's a struggle too, though, because like physiological stress with like paired with like mental stress can also affect the digestive tract as well. So like you kind of have to almost be in tune with yourself and know where you're at and what's actually causing you. But you're totally right. It's all stress, right? Stress is stress. So should you be working as hard when you're in a period of big stress um, work-wise or family-wise or things like that? Yeah. It's like, well, your body's going to tell you when you've hit your point of maximal stress. Yeah. So I would say bigger than this question is how do you program for yourself? And you should have a program that incorporates the right amount of workouts per week and the right intensities, and it should vary. Now, that's hard if you're not super involved in programming and things like that, but... If you write something down and you go do it and you start noticing changes in your digestion and your sleep and all these sort of things, um, that's really a good sign that like, well, you know what? I've gone hard for a bit. Now I should probably back off. Yeah. Right. Um, so you can auto regulate this stuff. But my thing is awareness. You got to you got to pay attention if you want to if you want to help your program be what it could be. Mm-hmm. Don't give your body more stress than it can handle. And those are a few things that would let you know there's something going on. Yeah. And that's a a tough one, too, because, you know, if you do have a lot of, like, work stress or family stress or personal stress. Or all of the above. The gym can be a great stress relief. That's right. And people want to go in there and try to take it out on themselves and beat themselves up. And it can just be a compounding problem. Like, it makes you feel better in the moment, but it might compound problems tomorrow or the next day. Yeah. You know, I... I've had a lot of people say, oh, this is not mental health work. It's not the same as therapy. I'm like, absolutely, it's not the same as therapy. That's crazy. Um, But... It is a physiological um, challenge that's going to allow you to express strength and feel better chemically. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it's not doing all the hard work of therapy. It's not that. But it can be something that helps you work out some anxiety and whatever else. It's just a matter of when you start getting diminishing returns for how much it's helping versus how much it's harming, uh, you need to start adjusting the thing. But for me, usually the problem is people aren't working hard enough. Usually. Yeah. I was going to like try to summarize this speaking for everyone in the room. No, just myself. (laughs) Um, In regards to rest days, I think people almost take advantage of a rest day being like when you say people aren't working hard enough, I think people milk the rest days too much because I think that you can be active seven days a week. I think every day you can do something and a rest day could could be taking an hour long walk in the neighborhood with with the loved ones or with the dog who is loved one. But yeah. uh, it could be swimming. It could be, for me, a rest day is just like skipping in the gym. Like I'll skip and watch some shows or do some light cardio on the rower. Like that's a rest day to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Rest um, and recovery should be side to side, like back and forth. They're, they're the exact same thing. And in a lot of ways, a rest day doesn't mean that you do nothing. 
yeah. it means that you're allowing your body inputs that are going to help you restore tissues. And that's what that really means. So seven days a week, like you can be moving seven days a week yeah. to Sh- what intensity? Should you lift weights to failure seven days a week? Likely not. You could probably get away with it if you programmed it right, but it's going to be tough for you to recover from. So yeah, end of the day, um, four or five days of kind of hard work are going to be pretty optimal. And then your days in between, you can do things to help you recover those tissues. You can work on mobility. You can work on cardiovascular stuff. You can work on relaxation and meditation. Um, I actually classify that as a rest day myself. Like if I do meditation, um, focus on meditation or light stretching or mobility work. Like meditation is a rest day to me. It's hard. Recovery and restoration, baby. I'm into it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's the next one, champ? I don't know. What's the next one? You got the notes. (laughs) Uh, The next one would be... Is there anything else outside of exercising that I can do? That's the last one, Curtis. Well, it's the last one, but it fits with this one better. You just pulled it out of your brain. Well, they're <laughs> all in my brain. Come on now. Anything else that you can do? I think mastering the basics is the most important thing that you can wrap wrap your health around. And mastering the basics, everyone wants the life hack or the, the, the multivitamin or the supplement that's going to boost you or benefit you the most. For me, it's mastering the basics. I actually tell people when they come and first see me, if their goal is like, I want to lose weight, even if I want to build muscle and I want to work out five days a week. I'm like, why don't you work out three days a week and do really high quality meal prep on the other two days? Because the meal prep, in my opinion, is more of a pain in the ass. It and is, yeah. It actually requires more time, in my opinion, as well. If you want to make nice, delicious meals and not eat like a caveman like you do, you just rip a, like a chicken leg off the chicken and start eating it. Uh. Maybe a little <laughs> bit of fire just to kind of like burn uh. the wings off. <laughs> um, no, but like so high quality meal prep, doing that two days, like two times a week keeps the meals relatively fresh and you're going to make sure that your body's getting what it needs. So thinking of your meal prep as a workout itself, even the hardest workout in my opinion, is a good way of uh, approaching your health and then hydration, sleep, basics. Well, we could break it into pillars really easy. Like you have your physical exertion. BCAAs. Yeah, Yeah, you got your EAAs, (laughs) your BCAAs, your ALAs. That's a meme in my head. All sorts of stuff. No, if we broke it into pillars, it would be like, okay, so you have your physical exertion. Okay, you can, there's a lot of exercise that would fall into physical exertion. You have your recovery slash rest. I like to say recovery better because we're always doing something. There's no such thing as just hard stop. And recovery tells that story a bit better for me. Um, As part of that, you could say, well, food is its own thing. It is part of recovery, but it also fuels your workout. So it would be its own thing, food, right? So physical exertion, recovery, food, and then we could say sleep. And, you know, proper sleep habits are really challenging. Like just making sure that you're set up to go to bed at this at a similar time. Having a schedule actually allows your body to do a variety of valuable things. Um, Making sure you're having restful sleep. A lot of people magnesium before bed is a good idea, depending. Um, But those kind of four pillars, that's what should I really focus on outside of exercise? It's like, well, basics, recovery, food and sleep. And outside of that, it's like, well, you would you would likely say something along the lines of personal development how do you build into yourself more outside of the physical realm well personal development and that's that's going to encompass all sorts of things like learning a new skill providing yourself new challenges giving back like there's a lot of things in there yeah but like if you wanted to make n- a nice clean five pillars i'd say you know personal development um physical exertion recovery food and sleep and that's a pretty well balanced thing to say yeah yeah 
sleep was an interesting one that uh, I think actually like try to actually have proper sleep habits. I think most people struggle with that. And I speak for everyone in the room. <laughs> you love speaking for everybody. It's your favorite. No. Um, like I've actually tried to do this myself and thus far I've been failing miserably. So maybe I'll do better because I call myself out. But like limiting screen time like two hours before bedtime. That's my worst. Hard. Very I fall hard. asleep to Seinfeld at night. Yeah, so limiting like screen five minutes time, and I'm out. dimming the room, doing some like high man mind activity, like reading something that you enjoyed, actually calm your nervous system down, mm. not playing video games like World of Warcraft like Eric does, or nerd. Call I can't play video games. I'll stay up. If I watch a movie I haven't seen, I'll stay up. That's why I watch Seinfeld, because I know every episode inside and out, and five minutes, I'm out. Bro, that's what I do with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I've Brooklyn been watching Nine-Nine. That with Sarah. Yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I'll pass out to like, boom, like a baby. Did you see the one where you had the lineup do the Backstreet Boys? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It was so good. That's the guy who did this to <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're done. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, we were trying so to find So proper order. sleep, like that's not just like sleeping for eight hours. And most people are like, I only need five hours sleep. You probably need more. Yeah, you can function off of five, but... At the end of the day, you would probably be filling the tank with premium gas if you wind it down properly before bed and got more sleep than you think you need. And it might take the body some time to actually figure out what's going on in these changes that you're making, but you'll benefit in the long run from it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think those five pillars are pretty clean. I'm actually sitting here being like, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, like I'm going to draw a picture. No, yeah. We can we can break those five pillars apart a little bit more in a, in a future segment. But, you know, the other... Speaking of... I was going to say, speaking of pillars before you move on, have you seen the Netflix documentary called Stuts? Stuts. No? No. So you know who Jonah Hill is? Yeah. Jonah Hill made a documentary about his therapist on how he helped him with his mental health. And this therapist was, uh, at the start of the episode, he's like, I'm not the therapist that's just going to listen to you and be like, oh, yeah, oh, that sounds hard. Okay, cool. Have a nice day. He's like, I want to provide you with solutions because I feel that people need to actually know that they can improve and be better. And he actually drew a, pi- a pyramid, not pillars, but he drew a pyramid similar to what you're saying. And... Uh, he said, like, the biggest area of opportunity for people to work on their mental health was their physical health first. And that was, he's like, oh, yeah. It's like, I will not work with a patient if they're not exercising. He's Fair. like, he's like, if my patient is not exercising and they're not open to exercising, I'm not open to helping them. So the bottom of this pillar was exercise and nutrition. And I think the third pillar was, like, social, like, Social interaction. Social yeah. interaction, like go join a club or give back to your community or volunteer yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I'm honestly going to butcher it. The second one, and the, the last one was work on yourself, though, like work on your own mental problems. Because he's like, if you lock in your nutrition, sleep and rest, and you walk like your exercise, lock in your social connections, your family, friends, loved ones, giving back to the community. The third one that's I'm spaced on, and the last one is work on yourself. It's like, boom. He's like, that's the way. I think you should watch it. It's pretty good. I'm into it. Stunts. No, I like that. Okay, sorry. Okay, so the other two things are, oh, man, what are they? I keep forgetting them. One of them is how do I stay motivated? Yes. So how do I stay motivated? I feel like this motivation topic has been beat to death personally because if you've ever researched it or looked into it, you see all the guys on the Internet like David Goggins or Jocko Willink, all these, like, really intense, avid exercisers who are like, I'm not motivated. I just, like, I do what needs to be done regardless of circumstance. Like, that's, that's discipline, discipline over motivation. Habits and behaviors trump motivation. I've done a lot of talks on this. Habits and behaviors trump motivation every single time because motivation is a variable thing. It's not always going to be the same. You're going to have low motivation some days and your 
discipline to execute habits and behaviors is what's going to lead to your success better. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do I stay motivated? We did a whole episode on this. Like you need to attach what you're doing to your why. Why is this something that has value? What's it taking me towards and what's it taking me away from? If you have that, then you identify the right habits and behaviors and you discipline yourself to actually do it. I talked to a client today that said, oh, you know, I'm supposed to go work out right now, but I just laid down and uh, I've been here for 20 minutes scrolling. And I was like, get up and go right now. Yeah. I was on the phone with him. I'm like, go right now. Go. Yeah. You, you just had 20 minutes in your day that you blipped. It was like COVID in 20 minutes. Yeah. Boom. In the last two years are a blip. Yeah. So the big thing with motivation, you know, we've talked about this on other podcasts and you should definitely look into those ones. But at the end of the day, it's really a, a basic concept of like, okay, why does this have value for me? What am I going towards? What am I trying to get away from? And what are the habits and behaviors I've identified that I've committed to doing? That's why I'm going to do it, period. Yeah. And the more that you, that you just do it and stop negotiating with yourself, the more it's going to get easier. Yeah. Sprinkle a little bit of salt on the entree you just provided. I think limiting, uh, limiting resistance yeah, salt bay. Limiting a little bit of resistance to uh, like creating less of a barrier to entry to actually making that happen, regardless of what is it, what it is, um, helps. How how could you limit resistance actually? Yeah, so there's like there's sociological resistance. So that's family relationships and things. Um, family and friends aren't always super encouraging when you undertake something. For instance, I've had a lot of people that. Um, their family and friends will be like, oh, you're going to get hurt. You need to back off. And it's like, man, they're not educated. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. And sometimes it's just because they're used to that person being the fat person in the family or, or the person who's out of shape or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not always going to be the most supportive. And especially when they're not, you need to try to figure out how to limit that. So maybe don't ask their opinion anymore, right? Maybe find somebody who is supportive that you're going to speak to about that. And then physical limitations, you're going to try to find a gym that fits into your routine. Like yeah. it fitting into your schedule is just as important as how good it is the gym. It can be a crappy gym that fits in your schedule and it'll get the job done. You know, it's uh, something that's been making me feel good and it's silly and it's a little bit bro-ish, but if I'm not able to actually hit the gym and do like one of my workouts of whatever it may be, whether it's resistance training or cardio or whatever the case, if I can't hit the gym at all, I like bare minimum, I do a hundred pushups and I normally do it when I'm hanging out with Jackson and Guaranteed every time I finish those 100 push-ups, it's normally an accumulation. Like I'll do like 40, then 30, then 20, right? And I'll kind of just accumulate to 100. I always feel way better when they're done. 40, 30, 20, 10? Yeah. But I, I honestly, it, it changes my... I had to totally. go to a baby shower a couple weeks ago, and I was like actually feeling down and out and not very interested in going out to it. Hit 100 push-ups, and like my mood shifted instantly. Changed, felt better. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, when it comes to motivation, removal of barriers is a big deal. And there can be relational barriers. There can be physical barriers. There can be planning barriers. So like, how am I going to get my food in? How am I going to do the rest of my schedule if I'm doing a workout today? Am I going to have my gym clothes ready? Where am I going to put those? Uh, When am I going to wash them? There's all these barriers that you can deal with. But if you just write down all the things that would stop you, you can deal with those one by one. Yeah. Make it as easy as possible. And that's the way. But. When it comes to motivation, we've kind of beat that topic up. So we'll leave that one alone. The last one, and the reason I wanted to finish with this one is because I've been asked this question recently. um, How do I monitor my progress? And Mm. I've actually had a client look at me and say, how are you monitoring my progress? And I'm like, man, that's a beautiful question and I love it. Um, Monitoring your progress can be done in a variety of ways. You can monitor performance. So like cardiovascular strength performance, which is usually pretty easily done. Are Are you moving forward? And that's a good thing to measure. 
for me, what I like to do is look at quality more. So like, how can they maintain quality through a set and through a workout? Tells me a lot. What is the cadence and the positioning look like when they're in these drills? And in a lot of cases, I can tell that their strength is going up just based on the quality of execution. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, I could give you that same weight and you could make it look twice as good and I know you're stronger. Yeah. So this is something that I think when it comes down to monitoring your progress, it's like, yeah, you can choose a lot of different metrics, but the one that's going to be most important is the one that means the most to you. For me, something that's really consistent, whether it's a mobility goal or a strength goal or a cardio goal, is quality. Like even in cardio, when you see somebody, I'm trying to improve my, say, 100 meter or 500 meter sprint time. It's like, well, I can see you hold your gait together longer. You're likely going to be faster anyways. Yeah. Like almost assuredly so. So for me, it's quality. What would you say to that question? Measuring progress. Well, there's the standards, like you said, just like performance. I think those are the easy ones. For me, it's um, a lot of measuring progress is I was actually going through this on um, my true coach software. That's like the software we utilize to train our clients. I was just looking at completed workouts in general, regardless whether you got stronger or not. Like I was looking at some of my clients profiles. I'm like, damn, you completed 700 workouts with me. Like imagine where you'd be if you never did those 700 workouts, like probably in a way worse boat than you are now. So Absolutely. even, even if we were not, uh, progressively seeing results like every like non-stop non-stop because you're not on the liver king cycle um man like it was it was crazy and i just started going through all my clients i was like damn 700 workouts damn 500 workouts completed holy crap i'm like these need to be celebrated i had to tell them like damn like the progress of you just getting shit done regardless of circumstance like making sure that it happened um checking um compliance to the workouts after like three months like you know in three months time you completed 98 percent of your workouts and you left quality notes like you like trusted the process and you just followed through like that's uh that's high level yeah i had a client that was telling me like oh what do I, what else do i need to do to get you know better results and all this sort of stuff and should i take more supplements should i do this should i do that i was like dude you're gonna hate me for this but the answer is consistency yeah like you have five workouts a week to do when's the last time you did all five and and good you didn't just check them off you did them good every set He's like, ooh, I'm like, okay. Yeah, that means so more. get consistent. Three three months later, he has people being like, hey, man, why do you look so good? Yeah. His workouts didn't change. Just the way he was doing them changed. I've done uh, pop quizzes with people. Not even pop quizzes. It wasn't meant to be a pop quiz, but I just know what people are capable of. And I'm, I'm like, okay, well, we have our chest day today. We're going to start with 100 push-ups. I'm like, what? Like, they think I'm out to lunch. Because I, I know you find this too. Often I know... I know what people are capable of and I have more faith in them than they, they do themselves. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like I've, I know you're stronger than what you think you are. I'm like, yeah, we're going to start with a hundred pushups. We're going to do 10 sets of 10. It's going to be easy. Like 30 second breaks in between just bang, 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 bang. And he thought I was out to lunch. He thought he was going to die at 40, hundred, hundred later. He's like, holy damn. Like if that's not a measure, like that's in your face, like measure of progress, like pie to the face. Like you didn't even think it was possible. And we just kind of popped it out. Right. And I, I love doing that. You've seen me do this multiple times where somebody's having a hard time lifting something. I go and do it cold and I'm like, I'm not that much stronger than you. All I'm doing is showing you that this is doable. The weight isn't beating you. You are like, mm -hmm. I believe in you more than you do. You're stronger than you think. Yeah. Yes. It feels heavy. That doesn't mean you can't do it. Yeah. 
And, you know, just that change can be a big deal. But, well, you know, I was watching a Mike Tyson documentary, and he said the thing that changed his entire life was just having his coach. He's like, my coach believed in me more than anybody else, like more than I believed in myself. And uh, what was his name? Cuss. He was like, he's like, Cuss believed in me, like anything he did. Like he had so much faith in me. I just believed him. Like he's like, I, he's got to have the answers. And if he thinks I can do it, then I could probably do it. So I'm just going to keep pushing and having somebody just, I don't think most people have that in their life. That's what I was thinking. When I was watching this. Like nobody have, not many people have somebody just blindly, just fer- like ferociously pushing you forward with like pure, true love, like unconditional support. Yeah. And it is something that's hugely beneficial. Like. I was talking to a parent the other day and I was saying, okay, have you ever said to your kids, do you know how much I love you? And they said, no. She said, yeah. And I said, why do you think they did that? She's like, well, I don't know because I tell them all the time. I'm like, no, they wanted to hear it again. That's mm-hmm. all. They just wanted to hear it again. Yeah. Tell them. Like people are looking for that in a lot of scenarios. I don't want to say everybody, but people are often looking for something like that because there is a sense of safety there that you don't get anywhere else. And I think when we talk about how valuable coaching is, it's hard for me to not get behind that as a concept of a coach. Believe in the best version of your people and watch them rise up. It's awesome. My four-year-old did the entire hill at COP on his third run on skis. Mm-hmm. And that was two nights ago. I came home yesterday. Daddy, can we go skiing? I was like, no, man. We're re- yeah, we're okay. rest day. Yeah, okay. So we went. And second day in a row, he didn't, he didn't feel like he needed a day off because he trained legs yesterday, right? Yeah. <laughs> but for him, it's like, yeah, we can go. And why was he comfortable doing the entire hill right away? Because his brother and me are looking at him being like, Yo, you're awesome. You can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And he did. He's on edges already. He's killing it. Um, but... Watching that happen, I, I think that if people get someone behind them and they get involved in training themselves and understanding what they're capable of, I think a lot of their life would change, which is why I still do what I do. Yeah. Interesting. And you do too, and I know it, because you're a beauty. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's uh, the wrap-up of these last essential fitness questions. Yeah, if you have any other questions that you would consider essential that we didn't really touch on, let us know. I know there's a couple here that touched on a few things we've done before, but um, I think for some of you that haven't heard the previous um, talk on that issue, go back and have a, have a listen because uh, some of this motivation stuff, it seems like it's so simple, and I don't want to dismiss it and say it's so simple, but like once you realize that there's the habits and behaviors trump everything else. Just forming those and removing the barriers to allow those to happen is really the game. It really changes your perspective because you'll realize that you can do it even when you don't feel motivated to do it, which yeah. kind of wraps it up into, yeah, believe in yourself and have, the, have other people believe in you, put people around you that believe in you, yeah. and you'll be surprised what can happen. Well, if you have any other questions for us, we'll just answer. It depends. Until then, yeah. have a nice day. Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate your support. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, follow, and throw us a like on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts.